Hey everyone, this is Christopher Luxon, the former CEO of Air New Zealand. This is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. This is Tracy Ibarra. I'm an executive solutions at Dell Technologies. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change, to navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Well, I'm a, I'm a Waikato boy. I studied in Hamilton uh, before I moved to Auckland to advance my career. I, I guess originally I was a science guy by training, but I uh, quickly discovered my passion for business when I moved into my first sales role when I was 22. And it, it's then when I, that I found engaging with people uh, was my true passion and, and skill. That kind of led me through a, a range of leadership roles over the years in New Zealand and Australia and working around Asia-Pac uh, in all sorts of different roles. So... Yeah, it's been quite a journey from those early days uh, in Hamilton. Yeah, I bet. And, and tell me, how, how did you get into leadership? Well, I got my first sales manager's job um, in my early 20s, and I just kind of went from there and seemed to uh, grow organically. Every couple of years, something more got added. And it's over the years, it's been funny as I've had grads or, or uh, people just getting started in their careers come to me and say, how do I get ahead? What's the secret? And my usual response to those people is, you've got to you've got to smash the role you're in. You've really got to do a great job of what you're doing, and then broaden it. But don't be afraid once you've uh, you've earned that to ask for more responsibility and show that you're capable of growing. So uh, I firmly believe you need to earn opportunities, uh, but it all starts with you know doing a great job of what you're already uh, responsible for. Yeah, nothing like delivering and delivering well and, and executing on what you're actually going to say you're going to do. Yeah. And as you say, smash it and knock it out of the ballpark, as we say, another way of saying it. And uh, yeah. if you do that, then your reputation, your brand, your, your, all of that gets a lot better. And people start to think about, wow, what can this person do for us? Which is, which is fantastic, right? It, it's, it's funny how that just seems to happen. People say, oh, I got lucky. And, and I'm a big believer that, that you built, you make your luck, you create luck and you, uh, you do the right things and uh, you'll get noticed, you know? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you'll also get noticed if you don't do things well either, uh, exactly. but you want to get noticed for the right things, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Hey, look, you may have many of these, but I, I just want to ask you, who's your favorite leader? And uh, they, this person could be alive or from history. So who's your favorite leader and why? Well, be, because I, 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 I like telling stories, I, I, I think that's a, a great attribute of a leader. I've always, I've always admired Steve Jobs. Um, I, I think the way he tells stories, the way he's, he was quite a visionary, you know, many of readers, the books written about him, he may not have been perfect, that's for sure, but he certainly took Apple and all of us to a place that none of us could have imagined. So just his ability to uh, to, to captivate us and, and tell a story. And I still, I talk a lot to people these days about, um, you know, pitching the presentations and things. And and I still think that launch of the, um, if anyone wants to ever know anything about how to do a presentation, just watch the launch of the first ever iPhone. I think that was uh, Pretty, pretty incredible. So yeah, he, he's uh, someone I've always admired. 
Okay. And tell us a little bit more about the storytelling. Why, why is that important for us? Doing storytelling or using storytelling and probably actually doing it very well. Why, why is that important? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, interesting you raise that. I talk a lot about that with my clients because people are used to talking about communication. What's your communication strategy? And I, I, I encourage people in the sustainability world, especially to think about telling stories because that's how you build engagement for me. And, and building, it's so critical uh, in, in, in all leadership roles, but particularly in the sustainability world where you're trying to bring, bring groups of stakeholders along with you, that you can tell a story that, that engages people's imaginations or in, and helps them understand you know, what they can do or what you're doing and be persuasive about the story you're telling. And it doesn't have to be, this is one of the, I think, the mistakes some people make leaders in sustainability is that they think they need to have all of the solution developed. And my advice to people is to just start telling stories as soon as you've got them available, provided it's part of a broader plan, you know, where you're headed. Bring people along, be authentic and, and share your stories uh, as soon as you can. And that applies to leadership. People will, will uh, follow you for sure if you show your authentic, natural self and, and have the confidence, even if you're not perfect, to tell us, tell some stories. So, yeah, I think it's an underrated skill that, that we all need to do more of. Yeah, and I like, like how you talk about the authentic side of things, because I think, you know, people can start telling stories, but I mean, there's stories and there's stories. I mean, if you're authentic, that's great, because people can see right through if you're not being authentic. Um, but I really like it. So build, tell stories to build engagement, so engaging people in their imagination. And um, I know that, you know, even when we're kids or even with those who have got kids, they love to hear stories. And so why? I mean, I think it's, it's taking them on that emotional journey, is taking oh. them on a journey. Yeah. And if we can connect people that way, it's fantastic. You think, you think about in a social situation that the friends or people you meet who are the most interesting for you to be with, they're the, they're the ones that are the storytellers, you know, sitting around yes. the year or sitting, you know, all the social time, this time of the year, it's the storytellers that have the people standing around listening to them. So it's, it's really cool. I, lo I love it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's an art, as uh, as Alan's yeah. saying, team, and um, so get really good at it and uh, and utilize it. I don't I don't think it will be like within five minutes you could probably have it done perfectly, but you know you've got to start somewhere. And as Alan's saying, starts telling the story and and practice at it because I think it's a very very important skill for sure. Yeah. So Alan, the show is called Leadership Is Changing. Uh, when I say that 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 title or that statement, what what does that mean for you? Yeah, we're not. I, I think you're right. It is changing, although it's kind of changing and it's not, I think, in some ways. You know, you hear a lot about the speed of technology and how that's influencing our lives now. You know, uh, sustainability, obviously, health and safety, especially mental health, are all putting demands on leaders now. Those things are moving much faster. However, I really think the essence of being a leader hasn't changed that much. Um, connecting with people, caring about them. And I, and I think really caring about people, you, and there's one thing to say it, there's another thing to actually, you know, go and talk to people and ask them face to face, you know, what matters in your life right now? Really care about them, making the tough calls. Uh, we being able to weed through, this, this has come through quite a bit for me over my career, being able to weed through the issues and make things simple. You know, if you can get your strategy, I'm a big fan of getting your strategy on one page. And I talk to, in the sustainability world, people about, Business is about creating a framework and a sustainability framework. If you can't tell your 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 story or your strategy or your your uh, your program in one page, I think you've got to go back and reflect. So, so you know, connecting with people, really caring, making tough calls, simplifying things. I think that's that's what really counts, and it will enable you to cope with change uh, very effectively. 
Yeah, that's good. And, you know, as you're saying, sharing that with people is really good because I think, you know, if we can do that really well to storytelling and being able to help people understand where they're going uh, and communicating really well, that's where you can engage with them. That's when they can act on things and get action happening. And that's when they can commit to the story, right? So, um, yeah. to, to, to things as we do that. And I know that it's what you do in your business side of things as well, that you, sure. you take clients through that to make sure they do that for sure. Um, which is really interesting to see. And, you know, as you said, Chan, there is a lot of stuff changing, but some of it isn't. So there's a lot, probably another way of maybe saying it is there's a lot more focus in different areas. Sustainability is one, and we're talking about environmental side, but it's also probably sustainability of an organization too. Would that, would that be true? Yeah. Yeah. People, when you, when you first talk to companies about sustainability, people, I think, naturally think about the environmental side of it. But uh, if COVID's taught us nothing this year, it's that social huh. sustainability is super critical, right? We do have to take mm. care of the planet. That's that hasn't gone away, and, and many people haven't. Many companies haven't started on that journey. Uh, but the social side of things is really top of mind. Which the the, the trauma and that people have been through, just the anxiety and the demands on mental health. Um, I think it's pretty critical. But uh, I'm also ultimately a, a commercial guy at heart. And if you if you don't secure the economic sustainability of the business, then you don't. You can't create that ability to, to do those other things effectively. And actually, I was at the Sustainable Business Awards last week, and we talked a bit about this sort of thing amongst the group. And, and it, yeah, if you don't secure your economic future, uh, you don't really create a platform to, to do those other mm. things, take care of people. So it's about balance these days. It's about um, getting uh, all three aspects of sustainability balanced, and it hasn't always been like that. Hey, thanks, Dennis. It's a pleasure being on your show. Can I just say what an awesome, awesome venture you've started with this podcast and how, how amazing it is to have a forum where leaders can speak and, and aspiring leaders can learn. Yeah, great. Hey, thank you. Hey, so just given a brief uh, back, um, sort of description of your background and experience and, uh, and so forth in your bio, tell us a little bit more about your background. Yeah, mate. So um, I'm the founder and creative director of The Firm Group and Cloud39 Shared co-working space, not too far away from where you're based out here in um, East Tamaki, Botany, Flatbush area. We've got co-workers coming in from all parts of South and East Auckland um, who uses use our services and facilities. So, you know, I got into entrepreneurship full-time five years ago, but I feel like I've been obsessed with it since I was, you know, in preschool. Uh, coming from a background of two parents who were entrepreneurs here in New Zealand since 1992 and still going, still going at it. So yep. uh, prior to prior to getting in full time involved, you know, I was in corporate consulting sort of roles, and I became a lawyer over in Australia. Did a short stint as a pro bono criminal lawyer. Decided that was absolutely depressing, and um, and <laughs> decided to <laughs> get involved with um, something a bit more passionate and hands on. Oh, that's excellent. Oh, wow. A criminal lawyer. Wow. That's really interesting. Um, hey, um, so uh, the, cons- the the name of your group, Firm Group, what does the F-U-R-M stand for? Uh, so it stands for Free Your Mind. And that was, um, you know, when I set out to set up my own company, um, I wanted an umbrella brand and an umbrella company for which I do. We do all our projects and ventures under. And I said, okay, what's the ultimate goal of getting into business? And I really would, I just wanted to, to free my mind, you know, free your mind. I wanted to have more freedom in general. Yeah, excellent. And uh, something that probably leaders need to, or entrepreneurs need to be doing, of course, is freeing their mind to allow them to think and get on with what's probably going to matter, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, part of, I noticed part of your podcast is a strong part is, you know, fusion between the well-being and the the leadership and business excellence. So um, mm. being, you know, having that sort of freedom in, in, in your thinking and, and freedom and calmness and contentment and spiritually, I think it goes really hands in glove with excellence in, in business as well. That's fantastic. Mm. Hey, so how, how did you get into leadership? So again, um, it just goes back to what I was saying earlier. You know, I was in a really, really dark, unhappy place. I uh, wasn't really enjoying myself and in, in in what I was doing. So I, I looked around. Uh, I tried to seek some inspiration. I had a bit of a challenge for me. I didn't, I couldn't really find um, leaders that were like-minded or, or looked like me or came from similar sort of cultural, moral value backgrounds to, to what I came from. And a lot of the leaders I did look up to had completely different backgrounds and upbringings to me. So I kind of felt there was a, a disjoint. So for me, that really pushed me into a position of, okay, I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to share, share my story and, and perhaps other people out there who are younger or, or in a similar sort of situation to me can, can relate and, and, and create that kind of connection. So I started, you know, I created a project called uh, Co-Work the World traveling around the world, meeting entrepreneurs, startup founders, innovators, traveled to 35 countries, 60 cities, and visited over 100 co-working spaces at the time. Shared the journey on, on social media. It, it completely reinvented who I am as a person. And um, fortunately, that project got featured on BBC Future, and it led me to creating Cloud39, which is where I, where I stand today, out here in East Tamaki. Um, so yeah, I was really, really blown away by, by taking that leap to just try and connect with like-minded people and realizing that there's, there's a whole world out there outside of the little bubble that we, we often are brought up in. Yeah. Yep. And sometimes that little bubble is all good, but you know, taking that leap and, uh, connecting with like-minded people is probably the best thing that we can do. As well, but you know, you've gone and taken that to another level, which is going around the world in all those different countries and and so forth. Hey, tell me, what was the transition like for you as an individual going from, say, that corporate world, you know, going to into an entrepreneur and so forth? What was the transition like? Oh, it was it was incredibly raw. I think, fortunately for me, I went straight into the corporate world after high school, university, and they really train you and they groom you and and you really get um, looked after. It's amazing how well you get looked after in the corporate environment. And when, you, when you're thrown into an entrepreneurial environment, it's like a jungle uh, and you're not the lion. <laughs> so um, you really, you just got to absolutely, a lot of the, the actions and a lot of the steps that you take are impromptu. Um, you can try and be as strategic as you like, but the best way to describe it is a, a jungle and you're not the lion. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually really interesting the way you say it too, because it is a jungle and if you're not the lion, then uh, how are you going to survive? And that's uh, a matter of actually working through things for sure. Yeah, it's good. Hey, um, I think you sort of alluded a bit, little bit before about some leaders that you've been around and so forth. So the question here is, and there may be several, but I just want to ask you to, to think of one. Who is your favorite leader? Now, this person could be alive or from history. So who's your favorite leader and why? I'm going to break the rules, Dennis. Uh, I'm going to mention three. <laughs> So, wow. um, <laughs> um, I'm not sure if that's allowed, but I, I just, I can't think of, of one because these three have probably made a huge impact to me personally and professionally. So, um, my first is Walt Disney. 
he's he's somebody who'll always be remembered as not just a leader, but someone who's created this lifelong intergenerational impact to billions of people through you know his cartoons and uh, animations and and imagery and then the theme parks and everything everything he's done. And then the second one is is Chuck Feeney. Not sure if you're familiar with Chuck, but he's a billionaire who donated all his wealth uh, before dying. So he's not a socialist. He's he's a he's a hardcore capitalist, but um, he really believed in driving social change and helping create more opportunity and equality with with his wealth. Yep. And and then the third is I I don't think I'd be allowed to finish this podcast if I didn't mention my father. So he's he's been a huge inspiration for me and continues to be that way. Incredible values of um, hard work ethic, equality across humanity, um, treating our planet with love and respect, being generous, giving back, being kind, all, all of those sort of values that I've been fortunate to to learn from him and, and hope to continue to aspire. Well, three fantastic examples. So thank you for sharing. Um, and good on you for breaking the rules because I think that's what you do as a leader too, right? I mean, the rules are rules, but I think you always have to always look at where you can push the boundaries for sure. But three of the ones, you know, three people that you've chosen, selected and shared with us, fantastic. Um, so good on you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 